0: Welcome to the Think Like a Champion podcast, the podcast where we reveal the mental strategies of elite performers so you can apply them to your own life and raise your game. This is Harry Wilson and I'll be one of your
1: co-hosts. I'm Russell Wilson, quarterback of the Denver Broncos and co-host of this podcast with my brother, Harry. I'm excited to bring you this production which was created by our company, Limitless Minds. The goal at Limitless Minds is to teach you how to have a mindset without limits it's always been my belief that the key to improving every aspect of your life, from business to athletic performance to relationships, all depends on cultivating the right mindset. In this podcast, my co-host and I sit down with the best of the best, from Olympic champions, business leaders, spiritual gurus, to star coaches and athletes. We find out their mental secrets of success and show you how you can apply them so you can level up in every area of your life.
0: Over the course of this podcast, we'll switch off co-hosting episodes on a variety of topics. Topics including goal setting, leading a team to win, spiritual success, overcoming setbacks, living with purpose, and more. One of the co-hosts you'll get to meet on a few episodes is someone who was a huge inspiration to us, Trevor Moa.
1: Trevor was my best friend, but also my mindset coach for many years and a co-founder, of Limitless Minds. In the midst of recording this podcast, unfortunately, we lost our best friend, Trevor. Our hope is that his final words in this podcast will encourage you to have a limitless mind, create a belief in yourself,
0: and live a better life. We miss you, Trev, and hope that this podcast honors you and your legacy. Thanks to each of you for listening, and we can't wait to show you how to think and live without limits. Welcome.
1: To
0: think Like a Champion. Welcome to the Think Like a Champion podcast, the podcast where we reveal the mental strategies of elite performers so you can apply them to your own life and raise your game. I'm your host, Harry Wilson, and on this episode of Think Like a Champion, we're going to put my co-host in the interview seat. So today, I'm joined by Super Bowl champion, entrepreneur, philanthropist, father, and new Broncos quarterback, my brother, Russell Wilson. We're going to talk about navigating the winds of change to find success. All right, Russ, it's a pleasure to have you on our very own Think Like a Champion podcast. This time you're on the, on the guest side of things. Um, anything happened recently in your world? Anything new? A couple of things.
1: <laughs> no, I, obviously to, um, to transition and to be, uh, in Denver, obviously a lot of championships here, a lot of great things here. But, um, so now, you know, I think the great thing about a championship mindset is that things don't change really. Uh, your atmosphere may change a bit, but your mindset doesn't. Well, here's the
0: thing, man. You, you've, um, I think embracing and handling approaching change is an important topic because, This is what a lot of us are going through, like the everyday person, the the listeners of this podcast. I mean, it's this time of change that everybody is facing. So you've been through it as well, right? You've done this multiple times in your career, right? So as soon as a major change happens in your life, what is your go-to thought process?
1: Well, the first thing I think about is God first, you know, and just really kind of centering myself again and just, okay, God, what what do you have for me here? I think that's the first thing I think about. You're now having a family with Sierra and three kids. They're right there. You think about them and what's the best thing for them. But I think the thing that when it comes to career slash success is I think number one, you gotta have a plan. First of all, I think you have a vision. I think the second thing is you have to have a plan. And the third thing is I think you gotta have to know how to execute it. And I think a lot of that, um, based on the circumstances of what that change is, for me going from NC State to Wisconsin, I had a very specific plan. Once I realized that I was going to you know, leave baseball to go play and try this football thing one more time and go to Wisconsin, I got my U-Haul. I said, okay, I need to have a vision. Vision is go win a championship there. Go win the Big Ten Championship. Go get ready for the NFL be one of the best quarterbacks in college football, try to do everything I can to get prepared at the highest level to be a pro. That was my vision to go to the NFL and give myself that door. I think the part of the plan was, okay, so I'm going to get there on July 1st training camp. I believe was August 1st. So I said, I'm going to get there July 1st. I'm going to give myself three weeks to learn the whole playbook. And so I gave myself three weeks to July 21st. I learned the playbook by the 17th day, probably. And um, that was my plan. And then the part of execution is you got to go do the work. At the end of the day, if you want to be successful, whatever it is you want to do, you have to do the work. And I think a lot of times people don't want to do the work. They want to just, oh, it's great, and be on the cover of some magazine or this or that and all that. And to be written in the newspaper and be on ESPN and be on the ticker or whatever. But that doesn't mean anything because people are going to forget about you. They don't really care about you. And so the reality is, that what I found was, is that I needed to do everything I could to execute the plan daily. I knew what it took to be a pro. I knew what it looked like and how to prepare and how to do that. So I just wanted to do those little simple steps. And the final piece of that plan and that vision and that execution was I wanted my spirit to be right. I wanted my soul to be right, and that goes back to the first point I made about God and just making sure emotionally, spiritually, mentally that I was fulfilled. And so that that was really important because everything else drives from that. So. Same thing in this situation. I love where I was at Seattle. God had a different plan, you know? And so for me to be here in Denver, I'm just going to embrace it as much as I can in every day, in every way, because I love it here. Um, So for me, the vision for me here to win multiple Super Bowls. Let's get it. The plan, right, is to go execute that, right? The plan is to go to be the smartest, baddest, most talented player on the field every Sunday. Right. And how you do that, Is you got to do that through practice. You got to do that through the early mornings at six a.m. when you get there early, and you just kind of going through your plays. You got to do that in late afternoon, late at night, whatever it is. That's the plan to make my teammates better, right? To make them as successful as they can possibly be. To allow them to, you know, go have crazy, amazing careers, Hall of Fame type careers. I want Cortland Sutton at Tim Patrick. I want these guys, Jerry, I want them to have Hall of Fame type careers. You know, give them everything I can. You know, so for me, I'm just excited. Uh, I think that through life, I've gone through some, a few major changes and movements of different locations, but because I think the God part being aligned, I think because of the vision, the plan and the execution of it all, it's always worked out for the good. And so it's going to work out for the good. And I'm excited about that. And I think you also have to realize that, you know, when you got in this league
0: at 22 years old, right? When you went to, high school and when you're at college, you're you know, 18, so like call it 18 years old, you're 22 and you go get out of college. Now you're, you know, you're 33 years old. Like you mentioned, you have three kids. Evolution's a good thing. I think embracing the ability to reinvent yourself is, is a good thing, right? And that's kind of the, your perspective on it. And, and one of the things you mentioned in that, I'll call it VPE, vision, plan, execute, VPE. And that plan part you mentioned. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that. VPE. I just came up with that you know, just the alphabet. That's all it is. Harry Wilson he's always been creative. But you mentioned teammates, right? You know, so how do you help teammates, peers, family also buy into that vision, understand it, see it, and have that same plan and execution behind it? Well, I think the first thing is,
1: is that they have to believe that you believe ultimately. How do you do that? So for me, I just be it. I don't need to convince anybody. (laughs) you know, I, I think the thing that I've always had at the end of the day, when it comes to big life decisions, big movements, whatever it is, is you got to have conviction. Conviction's felt, it's also seen, right? And so to me, conviction's everything. So when I go play the game, I I got conviction. Uh, when I come here and it's like, okay, we're going to do this. And once that happens and you get here and you're laying on the ground, I'm here and there's no turning back. You got to do everything you can to have conviction every day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was there any time when you found out you were being traded to Denver
1: where there was any feeling of being overwhelmed at all? I think when it comes to being overwhelmed, I'm not sure if overwhelmed is the right word or not, but if I ever was overwhelmed, it's the season ending knowing that you want to stay in Seattle and then knowing at the same time that Seattle's open to making a change and start, they wanted to start fresh and new. Yeah. And uh, we had a lot of conversations about it and everything else. And, and I think from an overwhelming standpoint, I don't really want to have to move my family however many miles away, you know, I don't have to move this or that. Hell of a lot easier to just stay. So, so I think the overwhelming part is, okay, you know, I've been somewhere for so long and so passionate about being in Seattle and winning, winning multiple Super Bowls and all that stuff too. And I think that what can be overwhelming is, is, is fear of something new, fear of having to change a house, have to go over here, change a team, wear a different uniform, fear of all those different things can be overwhelming until I actually got here and met Coach Hackett, met George Payton, the GM, met how enthused they were about me, about where I could go, about where we could go, about where they're going to take me, where they're going to take us. And feeling that level of conviction and hearing that and knowing that and feeling that every day and feeling every day since I've been here, all the overwhelming is gone. You know, so to me, every day that I go into the building, well, there's a a heightened level of of energy and excitement not just for me but for all the guys in the building right and I've heard that from tons of the guys you know man this thing's different now it's different now it feels different man we're going to go somewhere yeah. at the end of the day I don't really care where I play I could play in the backyard when we were young we used to play in the, in the parking lots play in the concrete hey run to the Buick and get open man just you know run run to the black jeep run to the Mercedes gate hey, run to the yeah, pile. Yeah,
0: We always had a mulch pile in our yard, man. It was like, that's my mom's fault too. I blame her if she's listening. I blame you, mom. We always had a mulch pile and a shovel next to it doing like, you know, eight in the morning mulch. Mulch on Saturdays. And we had a lot of trees, boy. Yeah. So we'd run to the mulch pile and back, you know, I remember that for sure.
1: But at the end of the day, you got to love the moment that you're in. Because I think that so many times, and this is bigger than sports. I think this is life. You have to be able to love the moments that you're in. I love it.
0: I love it. And yeah, we mentioned, you know, earlier the Great Resignation, which is a big theme right now in the corporate space. You called it the what? The Great Resignation. Yeah. So I mean, during and kind of like as we got into COVID, obviously companies were being were furloughing employees. People were leaving their companies. Right. People have resigned and now they're kind of reinventing themselves and going and maybe taking greener pastures. Some of them aren't even going back to work. Some are just taking different jobs. So they were calling it the Great Resignation because there's just this high volume of change in the workplace where it's hard to keep talent and it's really critical, but it's challenging because the companies that are really winning this great resignation, they're actually framing this differently. They're framing it as the great reinvention, right? Because they're, what they're doing is they're allowing people to reinvent themselves. They're allowing people to work from home hybrid or forever. Right. And so people are making these changes. The same audience that we're listening to this right now and talk about having a 30, 60, 90-day plan, right? What kind of practical advice would you give that person to really excel and make the most of their first 90 days if they, when they make that change?
1: I think what's really critical is, is that, you know, finding purpose every day and what, what you want to do and why. You know, for me, every day I wake up, I have purpose. You know, I want, to, I want to be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I want to be bold, as I always say it. It's what I think. It's what I wake up every day to do. But more importantly than that, is I believe I'm on this earth to encourage people, to inspire people. You know, for me, even in the midst of change, that's my commitment, 30, 60, 90, 120, 10 years, 20 years. So that doesn't change for me. I may reinvent the idea of how we do it, but the purpose of it, I don't reinvent. So really
0: setting, maybe redefining, recommitting to your purpose. Recommitting is a big one, I think,
1: too. Because okay. I think we all have to recommit. I think hitting the refresh button is a great thing. But uh, I think what's really critical to that whole process, number one, is going back to that purpose thought is, okay if I do start a new job, if I do go into a new facility like the Denver Broncos, you know, what is my purpose here? Yeah, it's win Super Bowls, but there's a greater purpose and people matter, you know. And so to be able to focus on the bigger picture of every day I'm coming in as a 10 year vet, you know, for the next 10 years. Every person that comes through the building, every person that I get to play with, every person that walks in the huddle, I got to make sure they're better. Got to make sure like me with the talent that I have, like, I got to make sure I do my job as a leader to lead people. I can't just say, oh, yeah, I want to be a leader and not lead people and not be like, oh, yeah, I want this role as being the quarterback of the Denver Broncos and not wanting to lead people to the highest level. right? And I think the thing about leadership that I've found more than anything else over the years is that I got to be able to surrender. What does that mean? What do you mean by that? you surrender the past, how it was one day, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, how it was back in high school, college, whatever, and being like, okay, like every day is a new day. Every day is a new start. And I think that as you get to go into a new situation, like I don't think use football again, but, you know, is to be able to teach guys about, hey, this is how I see it. And just continue to hammer the details of like, of us being on the same page and us working together and surrendering the idea that it's, it's not really about you. It's really about us and always doing it together. Cause once we start thinking about our, us individually, what happens is we forget about the bigger picture. And so I think the idea of being able to surrender you and to surrender to us, I think it's really important. You talked about the VPE
0: earlier vision plan, execute part of that VPE process. How do you set goals? Like what's that process look like that other people can take and implement in
1: their own world? For me, my whole life, it was about becoming the best version of me every day. So, how do I do that goal? So for me, for example, I never forget, I was on the plane flying back from Denver, ironically, <laughs> back to Virginia right before draft, and I just flew to Denver for the Denver Broncos because they were looking at me for the draft, and they had just signed Peyton Manning. I got to hang out with Peyton and all that. And I, I remember being on the plane, and, and I wrote down my goals, wrote down my everyday goals, football-wise, and I wrote down my legacy goals, and I still have those in my locker today. So my everyday goals, again, for example, my, one of my goals, treat every day as if it's the first day. Treat every day. It's brand new. Every day is brand new. If God allows us to wake up in the morning, grants us that gift, every day is a new day. So every time I look at a play, right, no matter what the play is, I have to look at it and take notes as if it's the first time I ever heard it. And to be able to surrender to that thought too, that I don't know at all yet. It's the first thing. I think that, for example, legacy goals. Then there's the goals of winning multiple Super Bowls, right? I wrote down, you know, when we'll win at least three Super Bowls, right? So that's possible, right? But how does it become possible, right? That legacy goal doesn't just happen. What it happens by it is having conviction every day to go perform at practice every day I mean, when nobody's looking, and you're in the weight room by yourself, or you're out in the field with just a few guys, and you're doing the diligence and the work. We're not here just to joke around, and just toss a ball around. We're here to perfect every single detail, every single moment. So every day, that's a part of it. I think another example of a legacy goal for me you know, is to impact my community. I think that one of the greatest gifts in the world is, is obviously being a starting quarterback in the National Football League to play this game, and it's a gift and respecting the process of it all. There's an opportunity there every day to speak to somebody, inspire somebody. And there's a tremendous responsibility to that. Think about being so high up in the air. There's only so much oxygen up there. And so to me, they have to be able to every day take a deep breath and every day understand the elevation. <laughs> no pun intended with being in Denver, but you got to understand the elevation of where you are and that there's a tremendous responsibility that how can we bring everybody up with us a few floors? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a critical part to the responsibility of life.
0: I love that quote, man.
1: Most interviews you do, somebody might follow
0: up and say, like, where did you learn that from? What's the origin of how you think about your goals and, you know, the the legacy and impact. But I, I'm lucky enough to know where part of it comes from and part of it's from our parents, right? How we were brought up. Think about dad who's passed away in 2010. Mom obviously has kind of been a cornerstone of our faith and how we think about our everyday. And so I wanted to share a story that just reminded me when you were talking Uh, about the stories we got. This is a good one. This is a good one. This is a funny one to me because we're five and a half years apart. So, you know, when I'm 16, right, you're 10 and a half, right? So, as we got older, every stage we got older, we got closer because we start to have experiences that are the same. When I grew up in the house, you were young, right? So, so our experiences were very, in some cases, very separate, right? But I remember dad poking his head in my room, maybe like 6.45 in the morning on a Saturday, right? He poke his head in. Hey, If you feel like it, man, go cut the grass. Go cut the front yard. If you feel like Like it. Like he said, if you feel like it, go cut the grass in the front yard. So I'd be like, all right, man. All right, Pops. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right, cool. Wipe the crust out of my eye, right? Get up, yawn, right? And then like crawl back in bed. And then about 10 minutes later, he poked his head back in. He's like, and you better feel like it. And you better feel like it. So it really wasn't a choice, right? You know, Trevor used to talk about choice and that it's an illusion, right? If you really want to be great, if you really want to do the things that you put on that vision plan and execute it really don't have that many choices. And that's people that are great at what they do and are raising that benchmark for their potential on a daily basis is that they realize they don't really have that many choices. It takes what it takes. Right. And I think that's just one little more of that story and dad coming back in and saying, Hey, and you better feel like it. Right. You don't really have a choice. I gave you one, but that was an illusion. Right. <laughs> Get your ass up. Right. And go cut <laughs> and go cut the grass. It's just a part of our ethos and our DNA. And you know, I'm sure you probably have a story or two, whether it's from dad or from mom or somebody else. But I'm curious if from your childhood, like growing up in Richmond, Virginia, you know, or maybe even college, any stories from people that are, have inspired you over time, mentors, maybe it is dad, right, that set that thesis for you, that ethos to have you think about legacy and your impact in that way. Yeah, I may get
1: a little emotional, but I think, I think that, you know, seeing dad on his deathbed, I never forget singing a song, never would have made it to him. And uh, it was just me and him in the room. I didn't have a choice. God granted me with such amazing talent to throw a ball for whatever reason. You know, you realize that there aren't any choices as I'm getting wiser <laughs> and everything else along the journey. Now I have kids, you have kids and, and everything else. And you teach your kids what you've learned and what you've gone through or whatever. You realize that there aren't any choices. We can go left, we can go right. But if we want to be the best in the world and want to be great at what you want to do, right? There's certain things in part of the role that I got to fulfill, I got to do every day. I got to check those boxes every day. I don't get the choice to, to not work on my footwork, to not work on this, or not work on the plays, or not work on the vision of it every day. And I think that wild obsession for doing it over and over again. But I've learned one thing about what makes people become the best at what they do in the world is that they're able to surrender and they're able to realize there really aren't any choices. When I wake up to be a starting quarterback every day, I don't get the choice to say, do I want to go do my work every day? This is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And so I think the process of elimination becomes really easy if you really want to be great. And I think it's one thing saying it. I think it's another thing being it. And I think you got a lot of people that just say they want to do this or do that. And, and I think that at the end of the day, you got to do the work. you got to be able to go through it. And you also got to be willing to grow a little bit too. Yeah, be willing to be like expanded, pulled on, and challenged, and and I think that's okay too. Well, we say it at the end of this podcast, it's the
0: tagline: you don't have to be sick to get better. Trevor, you always say that, yeah. Yeah, you're about to go into year eleven. Nobody's won more games in a ten-year time span than you have. Now it's like it's like a reinvention mode, right? It's like how do you take the next ten, twelve, fifteen, however long you end up playing, and make it better than the first ten, right? And that's going to require a different recipe. A different set of ingredients. It can't be the same ingredients as it was when you were 23, 24, 25, 26, because you're going to be 34, 35, 36, 37. And I know, I can tell you right now, your body's going to feel different <laughs> when you get to 38 than it did when you're 33, right? And so it's just going to require a, a different mindset. The cool thing about what you've done that I've observed is that you have a maniacal way of being willing to not go down the path that everybody else would expect you to go and being totally okay at peace with other uh, opinions as a result right? And it's because you don't have a choice. I mean, the margin for error, if you want to be successful, is a sliver, right? If that. And it's, it's just, you don't have a lot of room. There's not, it's not a lot of wiggle room if you want to be great. I was cracking on mom for the mulch piles, right? But somebody asked me the other day, he's like, hey, what was your favorite spring break? And I looked at them like they were crazy. Because we didn't take spring breaks. No. You know, we didn't take spring breaks because parents weren't trying to pay for that, A. B, like we had stuff to do. And stuff to do was like putting fences around in our backyard, we had to put a fence up that one spring break. Maybe that's just in my therapy book by myself, but I remember that like it was yesterday.
1: Yeah, I remember Gil too.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's important because dad gets a lot of credit for the mindset stuff, but really mom was doing stuff too that kind of weren't giving us a lot of choices, right? She and dad wanted us to be uncommon, right? These are stories when you really think about it. They start to really paint the canvas on your mindset at a young age, and then you start to apply it on accident. And then you get really good when you start to go from unconsciously competent the consciously competent, and now you know why you're doing it, who you're doing it for, what their purpose is, what's the VPE, what's the vision plan and execution strategy.
1: Yeah, and I think the idea of unconscious competence and conscious competence is critical because when I was 23, 24, 25, I knew why I wanted to do stuff, and I knew I wanted to win, and I knew I wanted to inspire people. But like, I think that over the past couple years, a few years in particular, it's elevated to a whole new level of understanding that I'm playing the long game. You know, a long game of knowing that every day it adds up, every shot, every free throw. You know, think about it. Think about Steph Curry, right? Let's just use Steph Curry for example. So, when you think about the greatest three point shooter of all time, how many three pointers has he taken, right. right? Just so he can take 10 a game and make seven, make six, sometimes more, sometimes more than how hot he right. is, right? So, I think that the willingness to keep shooting. I saw a video of him the other day. He was like, We missed some, but we just gonna keep shooting. We gonna keep shooting. It was funny because at the Nuggets game, one of the Nuggets games, I went to the Warriors playoff game and he had come off the bench and he wasn't shooting his best. He had kind of run on the court and he wasn't shooting his best yet. And you know that he's gonna hit some shots, but he came over and he goes, Hey Russ, I missed early, but I ain't gonna miss late. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just gotta laugh, you know, but it's also like, it's one of those things that, you kind of know that greatness is in store if you've put the work in, if you've taken those 10,000 shots, if you've taken those million shots, if you've thought about it over and over again and, and you're willing to miss a little. You got to be willing to miss a little to make a lot.
0: That's thinking like a champion, right? And just
1: knowing that
0: the more shots, figuratively or literally, the law of average is going to play out and there's going to be some fruit to that labor, right? Now, um, as we wrap, what last takeaway, what last nugget, you want to share with the audiences as we sign off? Well, first of all, I think
1: that we're all being challenged in so many different ways. But I think that with any challenge, whether it's a new job, a new move to a new location, whatever it is, right? Number one, I think is, like I said, is finding your purpose there. Okay, if I'm dealing with cancer, like Trevor was dealing with cancer, only six people or so knew. But he knew that every day he used to say, the best is ahead. Just to say that every day is a challenge in itself when you know that tomorrow may not come. I think that so many times that we battle with the issues within our own space, and our own space is not necessarily external. It's actually internal in our own mind, our own spirit. So how are we gonna grow from that? How are we gonna find purpose in that every day, right? And I think that a lot of it is, number one thing is self-talk. What am I saying to myself about how I can be and what I can do better? And critically evaluating you so that way, when people critically evaluate you or say something about you, good, bad, indifferent, or if they're writing about you on Twitter or whatever it is, you know, okay, it's okay. And you take it and embrace it. You listen and let it go. Dad used to say, let it go one ear out the other. And then at the same time, you're also able to take the right people and understand who is right and growing from that and saying, okay, let's go do this together. And well, I think that's its part of life that I've been figuring out is like, who do you want to do life with? And I think that's a big part of it too. The last part I would say is um, be willing to get broken down so you can get built up. You know, I think everything that's grown and built and everything else, you have to be willing to be watered, to know that there is no harvest without any rain. It may be raining in your life right now. It may be raining in your circumstances. It may be raining somebody else that you care about and love. But encourage them. Like Trev said, the best is ahead.
0: I love it, man. No harvest without any rain. I love that. Thank you so much for listening to the Think Like a Champion podcast with my co-host, Russell Wilson, taking the interview seat. And remember, you don't have to be sick to get better.